Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. It's E-Town with more of our 30th anniversary celebration, this week featuring guests from 2004, including Nellie Mackay, Daryl Scott, the Dixie Hummingbirds, Mindy Smith, Sammy Tay of Uganda, and much more. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here comes our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's E-Town show. I have to say that one of the upsides of the pandemic is that we got a chance to stop doing what we had been doing for so long, which was just constantly making shows. The pandemic allowed us to look back on what we'd done really for the first time. And I have to say, it makes all of us here at E-Town feel pretty good about the body of work and that we get to share that with you now, which we also could not have done before. So this week, there's so much stuff we could not include, a bunch of music and conversation that we loved, but we don't have time to fit it all in. So we're going to get right to what we have chosen. We're starting out with three artists from New York who came to Boulder in 2004 to be on E-Town at different times. Mindy Smith, she's an amazing singer with a great performance here with our house band. Uh, she was born and raised on Long Island. Hamill on trial, entertaining and wild. He was living in Brooklyn at the time. And up first, a group that got together in 2001, right after 9-11, to sing spirituals and gospel songs and to write new rootsy songs. Here from 2004, on stage at E-Town, is Ola Bell. Before this time, another air, I may be gone. It's all the lonesome graveyard. Oh Lord, how long? God showed Noah the rainbow sign. So no more water. But by your next time, before this time, another air, I may be gone. It's all the lonesome graveyard. Oh Lord, how long? God tells given behind the altar.
That's Olabel. Amy Helm, Fiona McBain, Byron Isaacs, Jimmy Zhivago, Tony Leone, and Glenn Pacha. Please welcome back to E-Town, Hamill on Trial. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? Very nice to be here. Very good audience. I have to, you know, we're on the radio, so there's FCC, so I gotta watch my, I have a, like a potty mouth, like a foul sort of potty mouth. So like there's a lot of, you know, constantly I'm editing, there's a lot of shit I can't say, you know? So I just, but uh, hey, you go through it, you do what you gotta do. So uh, I'm trying to think of clean jokes too, if I wanted to, you know, just a little bit of levity. I think it's important, because it is tough out there, but I think humor sometimes is important, you know? So uh, here, here it is, wait, here it is. Here's my big joke, I'm excited about this, you know? Okay. <laughs> Right, because I normally it's like, you know, bestiality or some stuff, you know, so, no, which I guess is okay on the radio, but I don't know if it is or not, and I don't want to take the chance, you know, just in case, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so anyway, if a parsley farmer uh, neglects to pay his uh, income taxes, would they garnish his wages? Radio friendly. God called down from the mountain God called down from the sky He said, I told you, I told you, I told you Don't care, don't care, don't care I don't care for loving Please don't care for hate Don't care, don't care, don't care Once again you didn't understand me You disappeared from all I can detect For what I remember I did more than ask ya I commanded it from what I recollect Thou shalt, thou shalt What part of thou shalt not kill don't you understand? Was it the thou part that drew ya? Thou means you. Is it the shall not part that may have confused you? Shall not means don't. Don't care, don't care, don't care. There are no divinely sanctioned murders Who know better than me I'm God, how come you don't hear me? I've been saying the same things for centuries You say it's me that you worship All your Christians, all your Muslims and your Jews I'm gonna say it again one more time, don't kill your neighbor. Ow. Oh. 
Jesus Christ, this shouldn't have been news. Don't kill, don't kill. I thought I etched this in stone. That's Hamill on trial from New York City. This is a single on my record. It's called Come to Jesus. People are a little weirded out by the Jesus thing. That's okay. I'm still going to sing the song.
Smith. Thank you, Mindy Smith. Thanks to the house band. That was a really fun song to play back in 2004. We will be back with more music and conversation after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. Let's go back to the stage at E-Town from back in 2004 for the Achievement Award. Right now, though, I want to tell you that any political or social change that happens, it starts small, it starts local. That's kind of what the Achievement Award is about. It's something that we do every week where uh, we hear from listeners about folks around the country who are making good things happen in their hometowns. This week is a little different, though in that we are looking at something that's gone way beyond grassroots. We're presenting the Achievement Award this week to someone who not only started small and local, but continues now with the impact of his work making a big difference around the world. Here's Helen Forster to tell you more about the winner of the Achievement Award this week. Thanks. As Nick said, um, our winners are usually nominated by our listeners, but every few years the E-Town staff gets together to nominate someone whose individual efforts have made a significant contribution. This week we're nominating Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, not only because of his long-standing commitment to the protection and appreciation of the outdoors, but because of his new work establishing 1% for the planet. It's a group of like-minded businesses that are donating a fixed percentage of net sales to help support grassroots environmental organizations. As some of you know that Yvonne, as a climber himself, began selling and distributing climbing and outdoor gear in the late 50s, through the company he started called Patagonia. And uh, they added clothing in the early 70s and continued to grow the business until today with more than $220 million in annual sales, Patagonia is a leader among outdoor outfitters. 
but it's Yuvan's commitment to the planet, not the bottom line, that inspired us. His quote, Patagonia exists as a business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis is evidence enough for us. He's here in person with us now, so please welcome to E-Town, this week's winner, Yvonne Chouinard. Yvonne, thanks for joining us. How's it going so far? Well, I'm not used to this exactly. <laughs> oh, well, don't, don't worry, You're, it's gonna be fine. Helen's really nice. Um, I assume just from the introduction that in the early days you spent an awful lot of time outdoors. Oh yeah, I'd, I mean in my early days when I was doing a lot of climbing I'd spend oh maybe 200 days a year in my sleeping bag and wow. I was living on oatmeal and uh, cat food <laughs> and I would, I remember uh, sneaking into people's backyards to steal fruit off the trees. <laughs> That's, that's pretty grim. I, I wasn't expecting it to be quite that grim. <laughs> the sleeping bag I could hang with, but I don't know that other stuff. Cat food, I hadn't thought about. <laughs> but um, I'm assuming that at some point, spending all that time outdoors, you began to notice some of your favorite wild places were at risk of either becoming developed or becoming polluted or something like that. Is that what inspired your connection and your commitment to the environment? Well, it starts out locally, you know. You start getting involved and in, uh, trying to save a little stream next to your house, and and then you start getting involved in rivers that are further away. And then, mm -hmm. as I travel around the world, I just see a lot of uh, environmental degradation, and society seems to be concerned with working to solve symptoms and not the real causes. Yeah. And uh, I realize that there's a lot of power in activism. And, and as your business grew and this commitment grew, in some ways they're not really compatible. You decided to run your business with a certain ethic in terms of environmental decisions and sourcing materials and so on. But I suspect that some of that was not necessarily um, enhancing your profit margin, for example. First of all, I never wanted to be a businessman in the first place. So it was easy for me to make hard decisions because I wasn't concerned with the bottom line and you know I mean we every decision we've made that makes us a more responsible company actually turns around and makes us more money wow <laughs> that's great yeah well that's a that's certainly something that a lot of businesses need to hear um, but I also want to ask you about this new uh, effort you're involved with called 1% for the planet tell me about that at Patagonia we started basically doing 1% of our net sales every year and giving it to mostly activists, environmental organizations. I decided to kind of ramp that up and try to get other businesses involved in it. You know, because it's businesses that are a lot of the problems with the world, especially large multinational corporations and stuff. And uh, we just started this organization and we've got 30 members now. And this is the first time I think uh, I've ever talked about it nationwide. Wow. I don't look at this as charity. I look at this as a earth tax on ourselves for just using up natural resources and making consumer goods. And uh, I think this is a way that they can do something positive. And I assume that this is only privately held companies can participate because if you're trying to just 
worry about the price of your stock. This would be uh, a tough decision to make. There's no way I'm going to get any publicly held corporations giving 1% of their net sales away. And they're all private held companies because, you know, they can do what they want. Mm -hmm. Each company chooses where they want to give the money to. Yeah. We give them a list of about 2,000 organizations that we recommend. And mostly, we try to get people to, to give to activists. Mm -hmm. organizations because you know if you look back at all the social gains we've made as a society it wasn't done by government you know it was all done by activists people think that Teddy Roosevelt established Yosemite National Park well he didn't it was John Muir who invited him to come out and they ditched the Secret Service agents and they went camping for three four days and that was the start so it was John Muir that really did the work. And uh, I mean, this is a nation that has made all its gains just through civil disobedience, really. Yeah. I think it's a great idea, you know, the idea that we who benefit from using natural resources and from the atmosphere and clean water, clean water, clean air, I mean, that's not a partisan issue. That's like, hey, we need it. Let's make sure we work to protect it. And I think this framework that you're creating is really an interesting approach. There's one million non-government organizations in America, and all of them are capable of doing some good work. Yeah. And these little activists that are out trying to force the government to obey its own laws, that's how I'm going to have my say. I'm going to fund them and uh, kind of do a counterculture thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's noble work and you're just the guy to do it. So we've got a Framed Achievement Award certificate for you in recognition of your continued efforts. And uh, we're going to keep in touch and uh, try to keep posted on how it's working and what we can do. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks again. The winner of this week's Achievement Award, Yvonne Chenard, the founder and owner of Patagonia. And kind of the spark plug behind 1% for the planet, Yvonne Chenard. If you'd like more information about Yvonne Chouinard and the 1% for the Planet program, or if you have someone you'd like to nominate for some recognition, maybe it's a stranger that you've heard about or even someone you know personally, send in their story. They may end up on the air. Nominate someone on our website, etown.org, or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Yvonne Chouinard, amazing, inspiring business leader whose business did better when he tried harder to be sustainable in all aspects of his business. By the way, 1% for the Planet, the organization that he was talking about that he started, it's grown substantially since our chat almost 20 years ago. And you can find out more at, it's spelled out, 1%fortheplanet.org. Up next, we've got a very passionate band that has always tried to build community, particularly in diverse neighborhoods, Ozo Motley. Right before them, it's the very first visit from the talented and funny Nellie Mackay. And right now, one of my absolute favorite artists, Daryl Scott. That year, 2004, Daryl and John Cowan and I actually played some shows together, including the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Here's Daryl, along with John Cowan and me on stage at E-Town from back in 2004.
kill for their religion? What if armies had a bake sale for their wars? What if children of the world made world decisions? Paint by number, Jesus wasn't hanging around anymore. Everything's a-okay in the USA, in the good old USA. Everything's a-okay in the USA, in the good old USA. Like everything and nothing leads to wisdom. It's like no one really meant what they meant. It's like every man's a king, every house a kingdom. It's like Joe McCarthy was our acting president. Everything's okay in the USA, in the good old USA. Everything's okay. Nellie Mackay. So, um, 
this sounds great. It's not like your record because it's just you, and I haven't got a chance to hear just you playing piano and singing, and it's really good. It's great. Oh, that's very nice of you, Nick. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm sick of both the record and just me, so... <laughs> I have a rather biased opinion, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you're like, You're ready nice. for something entirely different. Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 That must be comforting to your record company that you tire of your new record instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think a lot of things I do comfort my record company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of different ways. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that strikes me was when I listen to your record particularly is that it's pretty hard to pinpoint the decade in which I would imagine you would be comfortable. Like, mm. is it a 40s thing, or is it a 60s thing, or it kind of goes around, but it seems like you've soaked up so much music and culture mm. from different time periods. Is that inaccurate to say that you, um, you're mm. sort of a student of other chunks of time? Definitely. And, you know, I would particularly, I think, enjoy the 40s and the 60s, which is interesting. Those are the two decades you mentioned. Because in, in the 40s, a lot of things opened up for women and, um, and those fashions, you know. And then um, I'd really like to capture a lot of the feeling of the 40s, not only uh, for women, but just that vast mobilization that happened with World War II, you know. I, I you know, I... Uh, so I'd just like to get all the energy of that, because it does seem like there's a lot of apathy now, to somehow to move that right. and funding into what we're trying to do now. Right. Well, we'll see this year. This is the first year I can vote, you know? I'm pretty oh. excited. So hopefully we can start that. Now, what does that make you feel for all of your friends who are your age who can vote and then say, oh, nah, I'm not going to vote? It's, what does it matter? It doesn't make any difference. Oh, um, well, I completely understand. I mean, you know, if, if I had a social life, I might be that way too, you know? Um, because, I mean, they've got a point, you know? A lot of times, you're at a protest and you're thinking, what is this doing? Especially when it's something that is so like an anti-war protest. You know, you right. just think, how am I ever going to stop war? Yeah. You know, there aren't enough people here, you know, and then you got the anarchists and then you got the, the, the Leninists and, you know, you got just all these, all the people who, I mean, I, I, I completely think have a point, but they're easy to make fun of, you know, and you got all the people in, in dreadlocks and, and, you know, camouflage and I think, why can't you people wear a suit? This is a protest, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I, uh, you know, so, and I completely understand that people don't see those people changing anything. And it's, it's very easy to be very defeatist. But um, I, I would say um, register to vote. I mean, you know, just, just uh, try. I, I think the jury duty thing is a big off-putter, too. So if, if, if we could somehow make jury duty fun, maybe more people yeah. register to vote. So. Um. Anyway, it seems like, um, you know, I should probably let people know you have a record. And mm -hmm. um, I know that there were all these probably unavoidable comparisons about, oh, she's young and she plays the piano and she sings. She's kind of like Nora Jones. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, then they came to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> but then even if they hadn't seen you perform, they might have gotten the hint where Nora Jones' CD was called Come Away With Me and yours is called Get Away From Me. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty telling yeah, bit well, of information. You'd think. But, you know, my record label, the one with which I have so much in common, they put, if you love Nora Jones' CD, you'll just love Nellie McKay's music. And then they put it right next to it on the sales rack in New York. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can. But what do you expect? They're a record company. Oh, look, I, 
I, I found it. I mean, there, there are certain things that, you know, I just think, that's so stupid. And then there are so many things that I think, that's so stupid, that's funny. So that, that's all right, you know? And that was. I, I thought, that's great if we, you know, trick some, you know, some, some nice people into buying my CD. <laughs> You know, I'm suddenly feeling like I'm part of a bigger plan. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't see it coming quite. <clears throat> anyway, I think it's remarkable to have achieved what you have already at, at such a young age. It's unavoidable, sorry to say it, but yeah, you're young. And then also to have the kind of social conscience that makes you want to both write songs that are political and feisty and provocative, but also talk about stuff. I think it's great, and I think it's rare. I don't know why it is, but I think it's rare. Oh, th oh thank so, you very much. I think it's a good thing. Well, maybe it's just rare on a major label. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to music. Welcome back, New York City, Nellie Mackay. I uh, want to apologize for those of you up front for the eyelashes. I didn't know that you could buy them in, you know, different sizes. I just thought, I just thought the bigger was better, you know? So, um, so I, 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 they're kind of, I don't know what they make them out of, but uh, they're really big, so I'm sorry about that. But for those of you in the back row, you know, I uh, hope you appreciate. They were the most expensive, too, you know? So... I'm just a walking my dog, singing my song, strolling along. It's just me and my dog, catching some sun. We can't go wrong. My life was lonely and blue. Yeah, I was sad as a sailor. I was an angry one too. Then there was you appeared when I was entangled with youth and fear. Nerves jingle, jangle, vermouth and beer were getting me mangled up. But then I looked in your eyes, and I was no more a failure. You look so wacky and wise. And I said, Lord, I'm happy, cause I'm just a walking my dog, singing my song, strolling along. Yeah, it's just me and my dog, catching some sun. was tragic and sad I was the archetypal loser I was a pageant gone bad Then there was you on time and wagging your tail and the cutest mime but you was in jail I said woof be mine and you gave a wail and then I was no longer alone and I was no more a boozer I said, Lord, I'm happy cause I'm just a walking my dog, singing my song, strolling. 
That's Nellie Mackay from over in New York City. Tell me what happened at the Democratic uh, National Convention in 2000. We were actually playing um, the protest of the Democratic National Convention. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, they had us in like this little area fenced off, there's only one way in and one way out. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of our first song, the LAPD chief at the time stopped the concert, turned off all the lights, and went on the loudspeaker, declaring it an unlawful protest, and ordered everybody to leave within 10 minutes. And you know how hard it is to get people out of one door in 10 minutes. Right. Uh, it was about seven and a half minutes later the LAPD came in with their cavalry and uh, rubber bullets and just started blasting on people. Are and you hitting, kidding? And hitting people with batons. And we were on stage and we saw this, so we jumped in the crowd with our drums and tried to guide people out. And meanwhile, we're guiding people out and then we were faced with a line of LAPD in front of us shooting us at us from both directions. And there was really nowhere to go and a lot of people got hurt. And uh, I think out of that, it really inspired us to really um, try and be that band, you know, that's there for the people and really stand up against all the stuff that's going on. Wow. That's a horrible story. But it's a great story, too. I mean, it's just one of those things you can't imagine is actually something that took place. It's, it's, uh, it's I mean, frightening. It wasn't even in the L.A. Times, you know. It, was it wasn't in the paper. Yeah. Yeah. But it... Uh, <laughs> The revolution will not be televised, that's right. We feel in a lot of ways that music can connect us all. Well, it's working from what I can tell. So thank you so much for stopping by. Get back to music. Welcome back from Los Angeles, California, Ozo Motley. Rosa, government's Rosa, worldwide block party, everybody shows up. Up on rooftops, get 
building hot spots. People celebrate, no more souls rock. No more bloodshed, no more buff deficit. Even hip hop gets a facelift. The latest fashion, stop on the trashing. It's Saturday, time to get the party cracking. If the time is the day is right, revolution will begin this Saturday night. Come on, dip, dive, socialize, get ready for the Saturday night. That's right. Come on, dip, dip, dive, socialize, get ready for the Saturday night. Up and then pump this new fat beat. When this drop, stores out of stock on me. Shot till you drop, homie, that's not me. Russian attack from the back on three. Stop on beat, shout world peace. Live from the block, love peace, oh please. We don't need bouncers or police. It's Saturday night, it's nothing better. Spread the word that we coming together. Come and help, come on. Hip, 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 socialize, get ready for the Saturday night. That's right. Come on, hip, 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 socialize, get ready for the Saturday night. Let's go. Sozo Motley in Los Angeles, California. Thank you, Daryl Scott, Nellie McKay, and Ozo Motley. We'll be back with music from Samite of Uganda after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WQKL in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on WROK in Moorhead, Kentucky, and on KZYR in Avon, Colorado. As always, if you want more information about any of the things that E-Town is up to, there's lots of stuff available online at etown.org. Up next, a heartfelt conversation and song from a beautiful musician from Uganda, Samite. He talks about tragedy and the healing power of music on stage at E-Town from back in 2004. It's such a sweet sound you make, you know? The music that comes from Uganda, you know, the music you grew up with, has such a sweetness to it. Oh, thank you. Is that the music that you grew up listening to when you were a kid? Was that music you heard in your family? That's true. Um, the language, Luganda itself, is a musical language. You find that most musicians play their instruments to sound like the way they talk. I have that... to think about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, the language, Luganda itself, is a kind of, it's got like, you know, so it's like a singing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful sound. And what I was saying uh, before about the kind of strength and the kind of inspiration that you draw from your life and from the challenges that you've had is particularly true around this new recording you've just made. That's true, yeah. yeah. You lost your wife about a year ago? or She little? died uh, January 20th, uh, a year ago, Yeah, from a brain tumor, yeah. That probably is something, uh, an illness that you were aware of for a long time. Uh, for about a year. You know, everyone says, you know, I'm sorry what you went through was a really sad, terrible time. Yes, it was, but at the same time, we were able to find love for that whole, you know, in that year we reached, you know, our love reached a different level. And I was able to play music for her to relax her and uh, and just completely reach a different place. In, yeah. yeah. And understand that sometimes after visiting, being with her, you would then, at night, go and record and actually make this record. Exactly. Um, she, I would put her to bed, and around 10 o'clock, I would, um, you know, after she would sleep, I would go and start recording until 5 in the morning. You know, again, the, the idea that someone might be in the midst of that experience and uh, looking for a way to express what they're feeling, you might think it would come out angrier, or, you know, there, there must have been some times where you really wanted to express yourself in a different way, or I would imagine, anyway. Um, I, I find that when you, uh, when you go through a difficult time, when you go through those bad things, the only other place to go is where there are good things. You can't go any laws. You have, you have to reach for the love and happiness and warmth, and, and that's really what I go after. Yeah. yeah. And as I mentioned also before, you're doing this not just in your own experience, but you also are in some ways an ambassador for that healing power of music and that the ability of music to connect different people at different cultures and uh, particularly to help people through difficult times. Yeah, in fact, um, we started an organization called Musicians for World Harmony. Our focus is to take music to places where people, you know, experiencing tragedy, where people don't think they have any hope anymore. And in fact, this year, we are going to visit child soldiers. These are children who've been made to kill and made into animals. And we're trying to take the guns away and put a musical instrument in their hands. 
we're going to work with the organizations that are already helping them, teaching them other skills. And of course, music is something that they don't always think about, but I think right. it's got more, you know, a lot of healing power. Yeah, it's very powerful stuff. And the name of the organization, again, is um, Musicians, Musicians for World Harmony. Exactly, Musicians for World Harmony. And if you want to visit our website, it's musiciansforworldharmony.org. And if that's too long, you just go to samite.com and you make a link. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's, again, it's just wonderful to see you expressing so much through the gift that you've been given and through the talent you've developed and sharing it with so many people. It's really, it's an inspiration. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. We're going to get back to music once again with Samite. This is a song called Tunula Eno. When my wife got sick, she lost the ability to speak. We figured out very quickly that if she could look at me, I could understand what she was saying. But then sometimes she'd wake up in the morning and start talking, looking in the other direction. So I'd tell her, turn and look at me, then I can understand what you're trying to say to me. So I could just read her eyes. Kanyonyi kanoho 
Up next is a group that got its start actually in the late 20s in Greenville, South Carolina. They eventually moved to Philadelphia, and they stayed relevant in the decades to follow, including stints at the Apollo Theater and in Cafe Society in New York City. They played at Newport Folk Festival in the 60s. They backed up Paul Simon singing Love Me Like a Rock in the 70s. They won a Grammy for their own version of that song. And they continued this gospel quartet tradition that they started. Of course, they went through a lot of different members. But here in 2004, three of the members of the band who were with us then are no longer with us. One of them was actually in the band for 70 years. I'm talking about one of the greats of gospel quartet singing, the Dixie Hummingbirds, here on stage at E-Town from back in 2004.
fixed on you. He's fixed. He's fixed on you. He's fixed. He's fixed on you. He's fixed. He's fixed on you. You may be high. He's fixed on you. The Dixie Hummingbirds. Thank you. We are just about out of time. I want to thank all of our guests. Thanks to our production team. That's Todd Ayers, Zach Littlefield. Special thanks to Helen Forster. We're going to leave you with some music from one of my favorite guitar players, somebody who has played with so many different people, not only has his own career, but he's played with everybody from Joni Mitchell to Miles Davis and more. I'm talking about Robin Ford. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in Eaton. This is a production of E-Town. All right, there you have it. Some of the best moments from our 2004 season. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.